It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. By Cougar fans. More Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hour number three is off and running. Live here from Palo Alto, California for BYU and Stanford. KSL News Time is... 2.05 p.m. and tonight at kickoff, 9 p.m. tonight. Set your dials accordingly. Pre-game gets started at 7 o'clock. You'll see BYU quarterback Jaron Hall in action. And Jaron is potentially nearing the end of his BYU career. He could come back next season. But, uh, you know, it's, it's up in the air. He hasn't formally made a decision. He did say, though, last week after senior day, that he will be playing in BYU's bowl game, regardless of the situation uh, BYU uh, ends up in. So we will get at least two more games of Jaron Hall, hopefully, as long as he stays healthy uh, for for BYU. And Jaron's had a a heck of a season for the Cougars this year. He's passed for over 3,000 yards, and he's faced some adversity along the way, too. And one of the guys that he's been focusing a lot of his – NFL film study on is Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and both Dak have, have faced some adversity in their times. And I asked them, asked Jaron during an interview on KSL Sports Zone's Unrivaled, what's the biggest adversity he's faced during his BYU career? I mean, definitely during that losing streak, um, just for multiple reasons, you know, had some poor health for a couple of weeks, and that's never an excuse, man. I, I for sure, you know, Notre Dame, I could have played so much better. Um, you know, in the weeks following after that, you know, coming through a shoulder injury, trying to figure myself out with some practice reps I, I missed out on was tough. Um, just on the mental, you know, feeling like I, I let everybody down, not being able to play my best the way I had, you know, the, the five weeks previous. Um, and then a couple games after that, you know, it took a little bit to kind of find myself. Um, but on top of that, you know, it's a team game for sure. And I know we all want a lot of things back as a team, but just, just going through the emotions of those four weeks, um, you know, knowing we are such a good team with so many talented players, we had such a great opportunity. I um, still do, obviously, but we had a great opportunity in the middle of that schedule to play so many good teams that the BYU never has before. You know, one of the hardest schedules BYU ever play. Um, and so we had such a great opportunity to do some good things and, and just, you know, to kind of to come up short. You know, we've been looking forward to that for so long. 
um, knowing how much work we'd all put in, you know, it wasn't a matter of work or work ethic, but just, just didn't handle the adversity very well. And so just the four weeks of all that was, it was tough, man. It really was for all the guys. And it's hard enough, you know, on yourself personally, but then you see everybody else going through it too. I'm a guy, I like to, you know, you know, feel some compassion for my brothers. And and when I see them hurting, it hurts me. So that was tough. What about on the flip side? Like when was the time, would you, would you look at, because I think about you guys starting off the season and 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 uh, I think it was four and one and you guys were kind of riding pretty high and especially that Baylor game you think about high of highs you know and in the the atmosphere that uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium was of course for that is it that or is it the ability to be able to come back after a four game losing streak that kind of interests you more that you go that's more satisfying to have this happen a hundred percent well I was actually talking to me and Harris the chance we're talking about a little bit today between meetings um, you know we're just looking at our um, you know, looking at what we did on Saturday in, in, in unit meeting, talking about what we did and what the great opportunity is ahead of us, you know, to go into Stanford. We've never beat, um, and, you know, the effects that will have on the bowl game, you know, because we got two games left, you know, so it's okay to start talking about the importance of this this game for our bowl game. So we talked about it a little bit, and then we talked about, you know, the difference of, you know, being six and six versus seven to five, how that looks, you know, um, seven and seven and six versus eight or eight and five, I guess. Is my math right? I don't know if my math's right. Yeah. There. Anyways, you know what I'm saying, so. <laughs> Just how, you know, in the in the C, you know, if you if you were to just look at that that win and loss column, you know, seven to five, eight and five, without any context of the season, you'd be like, Oh, that's a pretty that's a pretty good year, you know, considering who you played. But then you look at what happened and how it took place, um, you know, the way that we were to bounce back and get, you know, four or five in a row. I think that's the perspective that, that we're gonna take, you know, is is how much better that'll feel looking back and knowing the adversity we went through to be able to come out from that, not not allow that to, to you know, force us to just roll over and give in for the season, but to really battle back and find ourselves. That's the perspective that, that we need to have, and, and I think that'll feel so much better, you know, to look at that than, than, it, than it did hurt, you know, going through those four weeks of, of adversity. If that makes sense. Listen, these interviews are easy compared to what Zach Wilson's got to go through and what you're going to end up having to go through in the NFL. It's been a rough 24 hours for Zach. I mean, in New York, it's a thousand times, uh, you know, amplified even from anything in, uh, in the NFL. When you see like the, the amount of critique that comes with being a pro and having a good week, bad week, good week, bad week, whatever it is. I mean, that's a winning team that uh, is getting as much fire and flame as any, do you learn stuff from that? And you go, okay, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to try to handle myself when I'm a pro is in this way or in that way. I just learn. You got to keep your circle really tight. Like, you know, from Zach's perspective, being in New York and that media market, man, I can't, I can't imagine what he's going through. And so I know he's got a lot of close people in his life and I'm sure those are the only people he allows in, you know, and I think that's, that's probably the way you got to approach everything because, you know, sad as it is, you know, people want to see you fail. They want something to write about, you know, they want something easy to get a paycheck for themselves, which I get it. You know, that's, that's their grind. That's how they pay for, you know, buy their groceries and whatnot is to write, you know, stories about you. But um, yeah, it's just tough. You, you know, I think you just really got to be careful who you associate with situations you're in. And, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a tough deal, man. It's, it's not easy to be a professional athlete, I'm sure. And, and hopefully I'll have the opportunity to, to understand what that's like here. Here uh, in, the, in the near future, but um, yeah, you just gotta you gotta take care of what you need to on the field, and I guess just be smart what you do off the field. Pro football will be down the road, but this week you guys have got Stanford, and Stanford's always been a program, Jaron, that uh, has been you know a big recruiting threat to BYU over the years. I'm, I'm curious, did they ever reach out to you? Did you ever have communications at all with with Stanford? No, I don't think so. I don't think I did. No. 
What no, do you think? Oh, I can recall. What do you think of Stanford defensively? I mean, they've had games where they've kept Notre Dame in check, a, a team that uh, yeah. you guys had set back to, but they've also had some some tough stretches as of late. What do you make of of Stanford to close out this regular season? I just think they're a tale of a team that just hasn't hasn't you know unfortunately hasn't been able to like br- to bring it all together you know for every game. You look at that roster, man. They got some athletes. They got some. You know, their defense especially. You know, I don't know a ton about their offense. I know I know uh, about the Tanner, their quarterback, Tanner McKee, is a stud. Um, you know, their defense has a lot of veteran guys. Their back end, their secondary, I think there's all fifth-year guys. Um, uh, same with their linebacking core. You know, uh, um, uh, DeMuni, their, their linebacker. I mean, there's a lot of guys there who are stud athletes. They play hard. They know what they're doing, and they're really intelligent dudes. You know, obviously, you know, to be a Stanford, you got to be a sharp guy. But then to put that on the football field, that, that – um, it poses a, a pretty good uh, conflict for offenses, you know, when you have a smart defense across from you. So why they haven't put it together, you know, no one knows, but that's a team that if you don't show up, you know, they'll get after you just like they did with Notre Dame at Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, the next week um, when they beat uh, who they beat the next week, Arizona state, Arizona state. That's right. Yep. So, you know, the next week was Arizona state. And so just watching the film, you know, I've been able to break down the first couple of games already. Um, do some more tonight, but they're long, they're athletic, they play super hard. That's a good team. So like USC last year, you know, where they're not didn't have a great season, but they got dudes. And so if they if they decide to put it together for a night, I mean, they can make some things happen. So you got to be ready to go. And it's not a game that you roll over just because of their record, because they're not going to roll over. What's this week look like for you guys? Because uh, you know everybody goes, hey, you got Thanksgiving to jam in there. But there's no such thing. I feel like this is just a work week for you guys, and it goes 100. percent You guys have to do your normal travel stuff. Uh, and and you get there and you got to take care of business and then probably after the season catch up on the turkey. Exactly. Yeah. You know, business first. You know, so they're they're giving us our schedule early, knowing what the what the practice week looks like, so we can start planning. You know, have some time off Thursday. We have earlier practices earlier than, than normal, so guys can can head on and go see family and and have a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but everything else is the same. You know, today through Wednesday, practice meetings is all the same. Thursday be a little different. Friday, Saturday, go play. So. Um, you know, we're laser focused. We know what we have to do. We, I mean, last year, the USC game was a huge game for us, and we handled that week, um, you know, better than they did in our preparation, it felt like. And so we got to ha- handle it better than Stanford does this week, you know, with all the distractions. But mm-hmm. we got a plan set out. You know, we know what to expect to practice. And, and I think guys are well aware that they need to, um, you know, manage their time well and, and, you know, get in all the film and all the prep that they need. If families got to vote, your wife and daughter would be on a plane to Hawaii on the 23rd of, uh, of December, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about bowl game-wise, <laughs> there's only one destination the families want. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, and I, honestly, I don't even look at the projected bowl list. Is Hawaii one of them? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hawaii's an option. Uh, maybe Mobile, Alabama. Stop it. Uh, Boise for Myrtle the potato Beach, bowl. The teal field in Myrtle Beach. Oh, yeah. There's also uh, the New Mexico Bowl yeah. in uh, old Albuquerque. So there's a lot of options on the list. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have an excited BYU team to be there. Make mm, no mistake about okay. it. We'll, we'll make a good time out of it. All right. We'll uh, figure that out next week, uh, of course. All right, Jaron, we appreciate it. Another week in the books. Thanks for hanging out with us every week. And, uh and we'll chat with you again. Good luck. Stay healthy as usual, man. Thanks, Jaron. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. That was Jaron Hall on the KSL Sports Zone Unrivaled. I filled in for Scott Mitchell and uh, had the chance to co-host with Alex Keery and interview Jaron. So we thought we'd share that conversation today on Cougar Sports Saturday. 
Yeah, great conversation. Jaron Hall is such a likable guy. I just I've loved those conversations throughout the season. And if he goes, I think uh, I think it'll be a big loss. I just Jaron Hall is ultra talented. The year he's having this year, yeah. It, it, do I dare say it's going under the radar a little bit? Like this dude is putting up great numbers, and it's just a bummer that the team hasn't been as good as he's been this year. But he, he's been exceptional this season. Yeah, and, and what Jaron said at the end there about the bowl game, it seems like the team doesn't – again, BYU doesn't know yet where they're going as far as a bowl. That's going to be decided next Sunday. Uh, not this one, but the, the one after is is when BYU will officially find out its bowl destination wherever ESPN slides them. It, it could be the Hawaii Bowl, could be New Mexico, it could be anywhere, so we'll end up seeing – next week where BYU goes bowling, but they've got to take care of business tonight against the Stanford Cardinal, a team and a program that BYU has never beat. It's the only school in the Pac-12 that BYU has not beat in football. So that's an opportunity in front of BYU tonight as they take on the Stanford Cardinal at 9 p.m. we got to take a break, though. On the other side, we will get to more of those decisions. What about what, what does Jaron do after this year? Puka Nakua got a recent invite that might share, shed some light in his NFL future along with another BYU football player. We'll hit on that and a whole lot more as we continue to break down BYU versus Stanford live from Palo Alto, California here on KSL News. Welcome back in Cougar Sports Saturday. Matt Biamonte and new producer Nate Slack here in Utah. Temperature's actually not bad here. It's, it's been a, a nice day, but not quite as nice as what Mitch is enjoying out in Palo Alto. Are you wearing shorts right now, Mitch? Yeah, it's a high of 64 degrees oh, today. Oh, beautiful. And it's sunny, beautiful skies, not a cloud in the sky, and you've got the leaves turned to the, the autumn colors. It's oh, it's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Like I, you know, I've heard the stories about San Francisco being um, – you know, it's kind of taken a note to die for the worst. I think there's it has issues. They're not. It, it, it's fact, Mitch. It's not story. Yeah, I, I I drove around there and was like, eh, it you went downtown, work. San Francisco. I yes, it uh, did not. It, it, it early this morning, I went up to, to San Francisco and I was not impressed uh, to say the least. So I came back uh, to here to Palo Alto and where it's a lot nicer. It's it's opinion. it's like nice. it's the difference between. Light and dark, Palo Alto and San Francisco. <laughs> they are two different places. Yeah. Well, I wanted to go see the uh, the Chase Center uh, where the Warriors play, and I wanted to see all that. And it's cool. So you know, because I'm that. I mean, I think all of us on this show we can appreciate, uh, you know, going to just an arena yes. or a stadium. Yes. Even if there's no one playing. Just just seeing it, saying like, I was there. I saw it. I, I just put it in. <laughs> it's the, funny you the say that. Bank. In the in the height of the pandemic, I visited my in laws for Memorial Day in 2020, and I'm like, "We got to get to the Chase Center." They were like, "Why? It's just a basketball arena. They're not even playing." There's, and I'm like, "We got to go. Who's coming with me?" And I truck a bunch of pizza. so I know exactly what you're talking about. You just yeah, where other people are so confused and going, there, "There's there's no one in there. Like, why do you want to see <laughs> exactly?" That? I remember years ago seeing the Rose Bowl with my wife, and she's like. What? Like, what is this? It's there's a gate. We can't get through. I'm like, what's the Rose Bowl though? Like, that's that's the Rose Bowl. Come on, like, isn't that cool? She's like, well, 
okay? Is, is there a game today? I'm like, no, but it's the Rose Bowl. There's a lot of history in that thing. That's great. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man, good stuff. Well, you'll be uh, checking off your final Pac-12 spot yes. tonight, BOU in Stanford, and I think it has the makings of an interesting game. I wish there was more on the line and that it meant more for what will happen to BYU. That's not the case, but there, there's so many interesting storylines, and I think one of them is who will we be watching for possibly the final time? Now, the bowl game is still there, so so maybe it's not quite the final time, but this is the last game that we're going to see a lot of players play a name brand because I just don't believe BYU is going to have a, a great bowl opponent. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think it's going to be a group of five teams. So this is a power team. Stanford, they're not very good, but they're out of the Pac-12. And, you know, will this be the last time we see Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Blake Freeland? You know, th- there's those 13 seniors we know who are moving on, but there's other guys who have a decision to make. Where are we at with uh, some of those big names, Mitch? The latest is that Puka Nakua has accepted an invite to play in the Senior Bowl, which typically would indicate that a player is is set to move on. Now, what makes this interesting is that it's basically like a verbal commitment for a recruit where they're committing to playing in this game, but they can always back out. And the only thought to potentially backing out would be, well, I, I think a couple things. One, if Jaron Hall decided to come back, I think Puka then – you know, kind of considers BYU a lot more uh, closely. And two, what type of NIL money could be at at play? You know, that's just the reality. And I know for some of our listeners, they might cringe hearing that. And because college sports is, you know, typically always been about, you know, amateur and and things like that. But this is big-time business now. And these guys can make a lot of money. When you're driving on I-15, you see Pukunakua on the Mountain America Credit Union billboard. I mean, it's just that's what uh, you know we we see with uh, uh, a lot of these things now. He's on billboards and things like that. So I think that that is something that's going to be interesting uh, for for Puka. I still think though he goes. That's just my opinion. He did say after uh, last week or before the last week's game against Utah Tech, he said that he would likely have a decision after the Stanford game. So maybe next week we could be getting official word from Puka. Uh, the other guy to keep an eye on is Blake Freeland, offensive tackle, who I think, no matter what, should move on. Because I think Blake Freeland has established himself to be, at worst, a third-round pick. And I think that he's the type of guy that gets into a combine setting or a pro day, and he's going to blow their socks off and go, holy cow, he's six eight, three ten, and he's moving like that, and he's got... The hand size and the arm length like that. I mean, he's going to be a freak of nature to where he could sneak into the back half of the first round. So Blake Freeland, he accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. I think of all of them, he absolutely should move on because he is, a, I think, definitely a top 100 pick. I'd like to see them all move on. Uh, that's yeah. not great for BYU next year, but it is great for BYU to have guys being selected in the NFL draft definitely. and playing on Sundays you can work with that. It's easier to recruit when you don't have this narrative out there, Mitch, that you don't go to the league. There's no BYU guys there. Well, Jamal's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. 
And Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football. Like BYU is building a good name in the NFL that benefits BYU. It, it's going to hurt next year because those are some of your best players, but it's still good for BYU. And I want to see those guys get a chance to play because everyone's dream, Mitch, is to play in the league. And if you have a chance to play in the league, I'm all for it. Go do it. Go enjoy the league, and we'll be rooting for you here uh, in Utah. We'll take the break here on the other side. Three and out. We'll get you prepared for BYU and Stanford with some deep cuts, some stats, some players to watch later on tonight. We'll do that next. News, traffic, and weather, and then three and out right here on Cougar Sports Saturday. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. By Cougar fans. More Cougar fans. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. BYU and Stanford. It's hard to believe, Matt, that these two teams have not played since 2004. You know, BYU and Stanford, they don't have many similarities when it comes to the academic side of things, but and, and maybe the, the views and, and political spaces that they, they hold. But uh, BYU and Stanford locking up for the third time ever tonight at 9 p.m. Here's a fun little tidbit, too. The return visit, Matt, will be in... 2031. Oh, so if BYU wants to get a uh, win over the Cardinal, they better do it now because they'll have to wait nine years, which will be the opener in 2031. They originally had a six-game series on the docket, but that got uh, canned because BYU's moved to the Big 12. So if they want to beat Stanford, they better do it now or they're going to have to wait a week <laughs> or, or, or a decade, excuse me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, hey, let's get the fans, Cougar Nation, our loyal listeners here, prepared for BYU and Stanford with a segment we do each and every week during the football season. Three and out. A quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's three and out on Cougar Sports Saturday. Three and out is a fun segment we do each and every week throughout football where we're going to give you some players to watch, some interesting stats that could affect the football game, We'll give you some bold predictions that will most likely be incorrect, but we do it anyways because it's fun, and uh, it'll just get you a little more prepared for the football game, which uh, takes place starting tonight at 7 p.m. right here on KSL News Radio. And like any football drive, Mitch, you know where it begins. First down. This is a stat, an interesting stat that could affect the outcome of the game. I'll start things off, Mitch. For me, the number is 36. What does that represent? It's 36 sacks that the Stanford offensive line has allowed this year. Tanner McKee has been sacked a lot. Unfortunately, on the other side of the ball for BYU, they only have 10 sacks on the year. So something's got to give here, Mitch. Either BYU is going to be disruptive and get some sacks on Tanner McKee, or they'll continue to struggle pressuring the quarterback, and that might open up the Stanford passing game. But Stanford's offensive line has been uh, prone to give up sacks this year, and hopefully BYU's defense can take advantage. Ten sacks through 11 games for BYU. Ugh, that's just not uh, – They don't not matter, though, Mitch. we got to remember that, right? I, I know. I know. 
Here's my number. It stays in the 30s. I'm going to go with an even 30. 30. Stanford hasn't scored 30 points against an FBS team since October 16th, 2021. Yes, they had a game this year where they reached 40, but that was against an FCS team. They haven't scored 30-plus against an FBS team since October 16th, 2021. That was was in a loss to Washington State. Stanford's offense has been bad. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up a, a, a stat about Stanford's offense against BYU's defense because that is where a lot of the intrigue lies. If BYU's defense makes this Stanford offense look good, it would kind of take away a lot of the the goodwill that was built in that Boise State win. So 30, Stanford hasn't scored that in 13 months. been a long time. Second down. Here's where we give you some players to keep an eye on tonight. For me, uh, for, the, for, for the BYU side of things, it's Jaron Hall. I just think he has been phenomenal the past couple weeks. Uh, over 450 yards passing against Utah Tech. Makes so many big plays in that Boise State game to get the win on the blue turf. I think uh, for BYU, if they're going to beat Stanford, because Stanford does have a a solid defense, uh, not great, not horrible, they're going to need Jaron Hall to be at his best, and I think he is playing some of his best football of the season right now. So Jaron Hall for me on BYU and for Stanford here is a uh, here's a deep cut, and for those of you who've been listening for a long time, I'm going with the kicker, Mr. Special Teams, Matt Biamonte, Stanford's kicker, Joshua Cardi, has been named the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week four times this year. He's the only player in Stanford history to win that award four times. So uh, if Stanford is going to win, it's going to be close. Maybe it comes down to a final kick. They do have a good kicker in Joshua Cardi. You're you're pulling from your true form, Matt, because special teams this year has been that conversation hasn't been as uh, out front and center this year because well BYU special teams has not been good, so there hasn't been much to highlight exactly. and celebrate. So I'm glad you pulled from the special teams. Well, here's my guy, Chris Brooks, and you know what? This is something that's interesting. Chris was a Cal Berkeley guy last three or four years in his college career. He's got another crack at Stanford, the old rival for him. So that might be some personal, uh, you know, angles there for Chris Brooks. I think he should play well. He's going to be the starting RB. Uh, He was atop the depth chart this week where in recent weeks he was not due to the hamstring, but he made that return last week against Utah Tech. And then for Stanford, a – Local Utah kid, he's going through his senior night tonight. Stanford will honor 28 seniors this evening, two of which are from the state of Utah, and this guy is Lavani Damuni, one of the top linebackers for the Cardinal. And yes, he is related to Jack Damuni, and yes, Jack Damuni can truly say, hashtag, that's my nephew, because literally that is, Lavani is his nephew. Uh, Lavani Damuni is a guy to keep an eye on. Number three, he was someone that BYU recruited quite a bit. I, Bronco Mendenhall staff recruited him a ton uh, when he when they were at BYU, and he ended up going to Stanford, and it's been a good fit for that for him there. He's he's done a nice job with the Cardinal, and he will be a name to watch at that linebacker spot for Stanford. I liked your pick of Chris Books uh, before we get to that critical third down that BYU has been so so this season. Uh, just qu- a quick trivia for you. Uh, two questions on Chris Brooks because I love the pick. What game this year, Mitch, has Chris Brooks had the most carries, and who was it against? USF? 
No, that is incorrect. Really? Notre Dame, 14 carries. That's oh. his season high. Chris Brooks, 14 carries. Interesting. Here's, here's a true or false question for you. His season yards per average, is it true or false that it is better than Tyler Algiers last season? False? It is true. He has a better yards wow. per average this year than Algier did last year. 6.38 yards per carries. Isn't that interesting? Yes. That, that is very interesting because I think anyone would say Chris Brooks is underwhelmed. But right. he hasn't got the, the volume to say he's delivered. He has 88 carries. Algier had over 200 last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he has not had the volume, and I hope that you're right. I'd love to see him get 20 tonight. It'd be nice in his final game as a BYU Cougar regular season. Let's get him 20. Algier carried the ball over 20 times, eight, eight times last year. So, I like that. Get Chris and Brooks I think the also, And I think also, too, just to wrap up second down, I think – Make this game as quick as possible. Don't extend it like it was last week against Utah Tech where they were airing it out. Make it as quick as possible. Get it over. Get it done with. Get the win and go home and and celebrate the win. Third down. Third down here is where we give you bold predictions. I have hit a few this year. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, I I think I had a couple with Jaron Hall, and that's the reason I'm sticking with Jaron Hall for another bold prediction this offense has really opened up since he started running the football. It's a great skill set that Jaron Jaron Hall has, being able to carry the rock. He did that against Boise State. Did that a little bit against Utah Tech. Didn't quite need to. But I think against Stanford, there's going to be opportunities for him to run. I'm going to say he gets a 50-yard or more touchdown run against Stanford tonight. Good pick. Uh, Jaron on the ground has been... Fun to watch. You know, I think early on in the year it was justified to be very cautious with him running the football because he's so critical to BYU's success. I mean, come on. We, we haven't seen really a backup quarterback play at all. Not that it's been needed, but, you know, in, in stretches where a game's out of reach or BYU's up big, throw it to the backup quarterback. That hasn't been the case. So Jaron's importance to this team has been highlighted. And uh, now that it's near the end of the season and he's, you know, making a case for NFL evaluators, hey, show off that ground game because he is elite in that regard. Here's my bold prediction, Matt. I'm going to have some fun with this one. (laughs) Because it is Stanford and this program just has no one showing up to the games. It's, It's unreal how bad the attendance is. Keep in mind, last month they offered a free trial, a free trial to sign up for tickets for next year, season tickets, and you would get a pair of free tickets to the BYU game and the Washington State game, the final two home games. And you could get free tickets and then just cancel the season tickets for 2023 before, like, January 15th. I can't remember the date. But it was like a a, a no-risk free trial to get free tickets. With that said, that's how bad it is at Stanford. I'm going to go bold and say under 10,000 fans in attendance tonight. Last year at USC, it was a late-night game, and there was probably 20,000 at best, and most of it was royal blue. I'm expecting a sea of royal blue. That And and look, this BYU fan base is probably a little bit apathetic, too, at times with this football team right now. I get it. Uh, But there will still be a good number of Cougar fans. But I'm saying under 10,000 fans in attendance tonight at Stanford. Is that bold enough? That's pretty bold. Is this going to be is this going to be one of those social media posts where there's no one in the stands as the game is kicking off? <laughs> I think so. I, that might be one of the more 
interesting storylines tonight just to see uh, an empty state. I'm like, is that not true to form media member on social media? Here's yes. the pregame. I expect uh, that from you. Shot. Kick off 2,000 <laughs> fans. <laughs> oh, the crowd shots will be a plenty. I'm, I'm guessing BYU fans overtake this thing because, look, even David Shaw said he's ticked with this late night kickoff. And the people I've talked to here in, the, in, in this part of the country, not a soul knows that this is a uh, game day for Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> the people I've talked to are BYU fans. They know because they're going to the game. Anyone else that's not affiliated with BYU, they have no idea that the Cardinal are playing tonight. So I'm expecting a low attendance number, and it's going to be a pro-BYU crowd. Less than 10,000. That's my bold prediction. Not that this matters, but if there's anyone listening to this in California, go to this football game. Because who knows yes. the next time that BYU is going to be on the West Coast. True. Like this is, this is an opportunity. BYU has lived on the West Coast in the independent era. They've played a lot of football games on the West Coast. Every year I feel like they've made trips to California. That's, that's going by the wayside. And there's a great, a great fan base of BYU fans in the state of California. They have always showed up, whether it be the Rose Bowl, the Coliseum, uh, up at Berkeley for Cal, uh, Wazoo, Oregon, Oregon State. I mean, BYU fans have traveled well. Well, get to this football game. Even though it's it does lack some intrigue, enjoy it for the final time. And take a coat. That's one, one thing you do need to – well, not you, Mitch, because you'll be in the press box, but fans – it does get chilly in the Bay Area at night. I, I've made, I don't know, a dozen trips to the Bay. And every time I go, I'm like, I'm going to California. T-shirts, shorts. And then the night comes and you're like, my goodness. I need a down jacket coat to stay warm in this weather. So get to the game. Stay warm. Because who knows when it, uh, the next time is going to be that BU plays in California and especially the Bay. Could be a long time before they go back to the Bay Area. And I would be stunned if anyone outside of the family members of the senior class are in attendance tonight representing Stanford oh, in this crowd. Man. I will be stunned because, look, I just think the the pulse of that fan base right now, it just seems like they lost, their season ended last week in the loss to Cal, and they're now wondering what's happening next with David Shaw, and you could just come in and take over this building like it's a WCC basketball gym. Like, that's... <laughs> That's kind of what I'm expecting, honestly. I would be stunned if there's any sort of showing from Stanford fans. If they do, great, because I want to see a, a lively atmosphere, but I'm not expecting it by any stretch. Yeah, that's a good point. It'll, it, it's going to be interesting to see who shows up. We'll take the break. On the other side, our final thoughts on BOU and Stanford, plus our score predictions. We'll do that next here. Final segment of Cougar Sports Saturday after this. Welcome back in the Cougar Sports Saturday. Been a fun show today. Loved hearing from uh, passing game coordinator Fessy Satake. Jaron Hall, your conversation on uh, uh, KSL Sports Zone unrivaled with Alex Curie. That was great stuff as well. And and I can't believe we're to the point of the, uh, this show always seems to fly by, but it's score predictions time. It's uh, for the final game of 2022. This season has flown by and yet it's felt like it's dragged on at the same time i don't know how yeah. that is but uh it's, it's almost over and it is always kind of sad this time of year uh 
it's like no more Saturday mornings with the pregame shows, no more anticipating the games. It, it's always a little uh, bittersweet this time of year. But the good news is next fall, BYU will be a member of the Big 12, and that is pretty exciting, and I cannot wait for that. And next week we'll have potentially that Big 12 schedule, barring any sort of delay. Uh, it's expected that that's going to be out next week, potentially December 1st. That's what Tom Homo said. So we will have a lot to unpack next week on the show. So there's always stuff every single week here on Cougar Sports Saturday. We're talking BYU football throughout the year. But, yeah, it is always sad when, when the regular season winds down and and uh, because you wait so long for college football to return and then it's gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Mitch, uh, let's get to those score predictions. BYU and Stanford. Stanford, not a good football team. Do you have the Cardinals springing an upset? I do not. I have BYU winning this game, and I think that this is going to be a game where BYU is you know, comfortably in front. I think that BYU will, will get a two-possession lead and, and control the football game, and it won't be one that feels that it's in doubt. I, I think BYU will take care of business in this one, and that might be a, a little bit of a against-the-grain type of take because we saw last year in this spot against a downtrodden USC team that BYU was taken to the horn, but I, I think USC was a lot more talented than this Stanford team. Stanford's still capable, but I think they Stanford would score a late touchdown, maybe make it a lo- look a little more respectable. I think BYU gets it done. Cougars 30 Stanford 21. I think BYU caps off the regular season with a win on the farm and gets to 7-5 and five and earns their first victory all time against Stanford. What about you, Matt? Yeah, you know, I have BYU winning because Stanford's not very good, and I just I have a hard time picking Stanford. With that being said, Stanford has shown glimpses of life this year. They did beat Notre Dame on the road. That was very unexpected. They've played some close games. I think the thing that's really hard for me with this game is what BOU team are we going to get? Like, are we going to get a motivated team that, like, when BOU went up to Boise, that team was motivated and they cared and they wanted to win that game. And then last week, last week was weird. Like, the final score was great, but it was way too close. And, and they gave it the most points they've ever given up uh, to a Utah Tech team against an FCS team. So I just, I just don't know what to expect from this game. I from a BYU perspective, just is BYU going to come out guns blazing? They want to win on a high note or do a lot of guys, you know, does the looming decision, whether to stay, whether to go, whether that be to the NFL or to the transfer portal, does that have some kind of impact? And then also from the coaching perspective to what's going to happen there, does that loom over this? I just, I don't know, but at the end of the day, I do feel like BYU is more talented. So I'm going to go BYU 24, 21, but maybe a little closer than it should be. I, I think that's fair. I think it's it's possible. I mean, because we have seen BYU, they will play up to their competition. They will play down to their competition. And, you know, one thing about Aaron Roderick and BYU since A-Rod became the official OC in 2021, we know that, you know, he was heavily involved in the plays in 2019. But when he earned the title in 2021 – they haven't blown out many teams, and I just get, I just get the vibe though from this this Stanford game where they they just feel like they're they're down and out. There's not much to play for on their end, and it's kind of looking around, thinking what's what's next, and just kind of getting a final opportunity to play 
play football might not be enough, whereas I think BYU really, I get this sense that they're motivated. They had Fred Warner talk to them last night at the team hotel. Hopefully that works out a little bit better than what it did for basketball back in January when BYU lost to, to Santa Clara. Uh, not trying to bring bad vibes or anything, but... <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, I think BYU gets done, like like you said. Let's let's bring on our producer Nate Slack. Nate, it's your first chance to to give a score prediction here on Cougar Sports Saturday for our listeners out there that missed it. Nate Slack is our new producer of Cougar Sports Saturday. He will be uh, leading this ship going forward and producing the the show, replacing Dallin Graff, who's now with the KSL Sports Zone. Nate, who you got? Does BYU get it done today? Yeah, I think we're on the same page, Mitch. I've got BYU winning forty-five to twenty. I originally had it twenty-one Yo! points, but we got a couple. We got a good field goal kicker for Stanford, so we're going to get a couple kicks in. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Stanford's just struggling. I don't think they have anything to play for. I think their coach is going to be gone. What? Um, probably David Shaw's game. out. I think he's done. Yeah, you think he's yeah. done, I, I th- Mitch? You I think, think he's out? Done. I don't. He should be fired. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what his buyout is, but he makes an obscene amount of money. Yeah, he, he's making about eight point nine million or something per year. It's it's a high number, but uh, to go back to back potentially three nine seasons, it's hard to imagine with that type of salary. Yeah, uh, but I, I get the sense that he comes back one more year. That's just kind of my vibe. But hey, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. College football is just so competitive that maybe Stanford says, you know, we want to change the culture here and be more invested in football than ever before. All right, final thought, Nate. You got like ten seconds. Uh, no. Who's the player to watch for BYU? Who do you like? Player to, I want to watch Chris Brooks. I think he's getting more touches today. Mitch kind of touched on that. But I think the, the Cal-Stanford aspect kind of makes that interesting. Um, Chris Brooks. I like that. All right, Mitch. Enjoy the Bay Area. Enjoy Stanford's campus. And the game tonight we'll be following you on KSL Sports. So for our new producer, Dallin, uh, Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte, our board op, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Uh, signing off here, getting ready for the final game of BYU football later tonight. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.